Loading artist Audio inside Loading artist Audio inside Oh, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast Yeah, yeah, yeah Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Oddcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back, oh yeah, it's Oddcast. Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. Let me just thank you, Matt, for being on our podcast. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, my first question is, when did you fall in love with art? I feel like you became an artist. I don't know. Like, you know, looking back, I was kind of thought I was different, but it was more like in high school when I started working on art a lot. Um, I was in a punk band, and I saw one of my friends was an artist, and I was really interested in what he was doing, so I hung out with him and started making art, and he would tell me some of the artists that, like, my work looked like, but of course I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, it was fun. I ended up uh, moving out to Seattle and trying my hand at the music business, but um, I wasn't really too interested in it. And I found myself working on uh, painting all the time. And uh, I moved back from Seattle back to South Dakota. And I had to, I was living with my family and I was kind of, my parents were like, well, um, you got to do something. You have to get a job or go to school or, you know, I can't just you know, live in your parents' house, of course. And yeah. uh, I decided that I wanted to go to school for art. And the more I did it and the more I learned about it, uh, it was kind of like a drug, you know, just like, uh, just kept bringing me in. Yeah, yeah. So probably like 17 to 19 is where I really got hooked on it. Yeah, that's cool. Where did you go to school back then? Um, I started out at Black Hill State University, and uh, I went there for, I think, two semesters, and then I transferred to Northern State University. Uh, we have, like, uh, five um, state universities here in South Dakota. I kind of just uh, bounced back and forth between them. Uh, yeah trying to find a professor that I'd match up with. And I really didn't get that until USD 
like my junior or senior year. Now, on the subject of schools, like, how do you feel that formal art training is important? Or, um, you know, it's it's funny. Like uh, a lot of my early design um, assignments, I was like, why the hell do I have to do this? Yeah. And so, I always tried. It was kind of like a little chess game for me. I tried to find a way that I could do the assignment by not really doing the assignment. I like going going against all the rules that were set forth, but still being able to achieve. Um, I don't know. I'd, I think I just like to piss my professors off. You know? Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's kind of a audacious thing, you know? Like you're a professor and you're kind of got this little godly, uh, kingly realm over your uh, students. Right. And, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know everything. And so, yeah. Pretty much every professor I've ever had, I did a really good job of pissing them off. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, learning how to draw. People say, like, oh, you gotta learn how to draw, you gotta learn this, you know. And you don't, because you can learn it backwards. Um, you can learn through arranging shapes and uh, doing pure non-representational art. You learn how to uh, do a grayscale. You know, like you learn all those things uh, through practice and through doing things. So, yeah. like I, when I started out, I couldn't draw worth a crap. And I can draw a lot better than I could back then, but it's not because I practice drawing. Yeah. It's because I move paint around. Um, so, I mean, like, whether it gives you direction or it gives you something to rebel against, I think it's pretty important, but not necessary. You could, yeah. you could go to any of the libraries and, learn about art history by yourself, which is pretty much what I did. I kind of self-taught my... <clears throat> There's a lot of self-teaching when it came to art history. Yeah. Go and get books and put them on my floor, open it open it to a page, and uh, I'd have ten books strewn out on the floor, and I'd walk by and just glance at these different works, uh, Rauschenberg, Rothko, um... These books were always open, and then when I got sick of looking at that particular image, I just flipped, and uh, I just absorbed books that way. Right. My next question is, how do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? Um, it really depends. I mean, it has both effects. Uh, I primarily use um, Facebook, so... You know, if uh, you post something, nobody uh, really digs on it or whatever, you know, you kind of, a piece that you thought was a good piece, it kind of devalues that in a way. But it also works in reverse, too. You put a piece that you just finished and you're not quite sure what to think about it. If a lot of people like it, you kind of start thinking differently about it. 
Also, just um, taking a step away from the piece and uh, to stop painting on it, just to take a picture and uh, throw it up on a screen, you have a different perspective on things. And you can see, you know, sometimes you get excited. You're like, yeah, this piece is done. Let's throw it up there, see what goes on. And uh, by the time you're done editing the image, you realize it's not done. And so yeah. you, you delete <laughs> the image, throw the canvas back up there, and you you realize that piece of blue has to go, or you know, got to bring down the white a little bit more. And uh, so again, gives you a little. That's not all the internet stuff is instant, but it's not instant instant. So it does give you a little bit of uh, choice to edit. Yeah, right. Gives you a different look. Before you even post it on something like Facebook? Yeah, I mean, just, uh, it's so weird, uh, uh, everything's about documentation, you know, like when you apply for all these shows, it's all about the digital that you send them, uh, all these grants. You know, I've applied to grants and none of those paintings even exist anymore because I painted over them five times, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I've always kind of had trouble with that. It's art is such a personal thing, and it's, uh, you're in the gallery or you're in, you're in the space and you're looking at it and you're having a connection with it. But the whole way the business is run, and there's no other way to run the business, but it's all about digital images that may or may not exist anymore, or uh, even with people uh, tweaking color or brightness, you know, all yeah. those things. Like, you can make your painting work uh, ten times better than it actually does in real life. And so, you know, there's a problem there, but I don't see any clear-cut solutions on how to work with it at all. So. Yeah. Oh, this is going to switch to your process a little bit. When creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? Um, no, not really. Um, I think it's basically just uh, the the image that is on the canvas currently. You know, it's uh, you do uh, you do your work and you uh, set it aside or you hang it up. You just kind of stare at it for a while. You know, I mean, you may go back to it in an hour. Or a couple days, maybe a week, maybe even a month, sometimes a year. But uh, eventually, it's the image that's already on the canvas from the last time that you painted. Yeah. And uh, just saving what you want. I'm saving what you want? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, that's uh, where the white... I've been doing a lot of white paintings lately, and uh, it's uh, kind of like almost like reading when you go across the surface and you're just deciding what words are important or, you know, a page of, uh, a page out of any book and you're just sitting there crossing out all these other words and leaving a few and like kind of transforming that page to say whatever you want, you know? Yeah. So you're just like, man, that brushstroke is kind of bullshit. I mean, like, that color play is good, but 
like it's not that good, you know. Yeah. And so like there's there's an overtaking of your ego a little bit, you know. Like you have this big uh, expressionistic canvas, and uh, you're like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's so great. But then to go in and uh, just cross out ninety percent of it, yeah, you know, and just leave like the choice stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you've been doing that a lot lately, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. You, you rely on everything that you've been taught, and I don't know, like, it's, it was easy for me to do non-rap after a while, so I've done it for so long. But, so, like, you gotta try to escape, like, the formulaic approach to, you know, like, if you have a set formula, it's just, the work is gonna end up bullshit. Or, yeah. you know, like, you finish a painting and then you look at it long enough and you start to see, like, ghosts of art history come out and you're like, oh, fuck, Rauschenberg did that, you know? Like, <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. Um, I'm starting to get really happy with the white work. It's uh with the way you work, you said? Uh the the whiter paintings. Oh. It's just uh at first I wasn't too sure about it, but I'm getting more and more confident about it. Yeah. Yeah, you got a number of them going, it seems like you're on a roll. Yeah, as long as well I'm about <clears throat> I'm about out of uh about out of uh, material here, so. Yeah, is it, are they oil or acrylic? Or? Um, I mostly work in acrylic just for uh, um, money wise. You know, I can go pick up a gallon of house paint for twelve bucks, and right. uh, a tube of paint for I don't know two bucks. So it's uh, you can't get oil at that price. It's My next question is: What is the most experimental thing you've done to a work? Um, that's a weird one, you know, I, I think everybody's thrown, uh, stuff in their paint, uh, just to see, like, trash or whatever, um, I do a lot of gluing, like, uh, Walmart bags, um, oh, yeah. um shred a Walmart bag, just, um, get plastic, soak it in, uh, Soak it in a gallon of paint and uh, glue it onto a canvas. Any fabric is uh, applied the same way. Um, yeah, just uh, gluing different fabrics on onto the work and uh, helps with the texture and stuff. Yeah. What would you say feeds your work more? Your other work, looking at art, or something other than those things? Um. I don't know, it's kind of, they're all kind of equal. I think uh, Facebook, you can see all this work by all, you know, I can see your work, I can see uh, anybody, you know. Uh, And that's like constantly going down the news feed. And that's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a nice entertainment, like it's, uh, you don't have to, really seek it out. So you see what everybody else is working on and sometimes that impacts your work. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Also, like going through, uh, I I move a lot, so I go. I'm constantly going through the same boxes of shit, and um, I see the old photos and the old slides of my old work, and then that'll might inspire me to do stuff. But uh, with these white paintings that I'm doing, um, it's a lot. It's uh, directed towards the landscape out here because it's so flat and uh, it just goes on for miles. I, I can leave this town going, uh, it wouldn't even be a mile to get out of town, and then another four miles and I wouldn't be able to see anything man-made. Wow. Uh, it gets really, really trippy in the wintertime uh, because there's even less activity. Everybody's holed up in their house. Yeah. So um, you just got these huge expanses of white, and then every now and then you get a melt, and there'll be some really strong brown like coming through, or maybe it'll be like a like a pale yellow uh, hay coming through. That, oh yeah. Uh, it just it, it really intensifies it. You know, if you look around right now, it's just a bunch of shades of brown, but then yeah. Uh, when the snow covers and just uh, reveals little bits, it's just so intense. Um, is it? I wonder if winter is moving along faster there than it is over here. Um, right now we're uh, uh, we're talking about the weather, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll go from eighty degrees to forty degrees. Uh, it's been doing that for the past five days. So now it's, yeah, okay. we're sitting about 60, and uh, it'll be uh, always. Uh, there's always snow for Halloween, you know, just when you oh, wow. want to when you want to go out and have fun, you know. Then it snows. Welcome to <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> the climate here is purposely meant to piss you off. I have uh, my next question is tends to be my favorite one. I always say that. Uh, um, can you use three to five words to describe your work? Or maybe the new series that you have going? Oh. Conceal. Conceal? Yeah. Edit. Importance. Color. Yeah, I think those are the most important ones right there. Yeah. I actually have something, uh, I have some words if you don't mind. Go for it. Alright. So I have, um, vessels just floating into view. Alright. Now that's either, now whatever is more fitting, vessels or energies. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite artists? Um, I started out, uh, Van Gogh was my favorite, uh, before I knew anything about art. And then I went to school, and eventually I turned to Rothko. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, um, got really into Rothko, all the color field, all the Abex artists, and then kind of worked down the chain. 
that's like um, kind of the, like the same same idea of like when you find like a punk band that you really like or like yeah. some hard to find band, then you listen to them talk and they talk about other artists. Yeah. Or other uh, bands, and you're like, oh, I should check them out. So then all of a sudden you're like listening to Black Flag when you started out at Nirvana, you know? Yeah. So, like, uh, you get into Rodko, and then it leads all the way to Joan Mitchell, and then you're like, all of a sudden there's this revolution against Abex, and it's called minimalism, and you want to know what that's all about. Trickles down. Uh, and this, uh, uh, Alberto Burry. Uh, what was the last name? Burry. Burry? B-U-R-R-I. And he did a lot of work with, uh, burnt plastic or, um, uh, burlap. And his work is fantastic. He was like a surgeon in, uh, World War II, I think. And he was like sewing people up all war or whatever. And then he gets home and like, he, so is a burlap, like, as a extension. It's just great work. Um, yeah, and just, like, as time goes, like, things change. Um, I kind of like Barnett Newman, but uh, not, nothing ever, ever grabbed me until I saw a piece in real life. Uh, oh, yeah. They had a piece at the Walker Art Center, and it just... Lord me, and it's just a uh, huge expanse of orange. And uh, he just stood in front of it, and I felt like I went through every single emotion in the book. And yeah. it was a huge expanse of orange. That's all it was, you know, with a little yellow line, you know. So um, I know who's definitely let me down in art history was uh, Mondrian. Like you see these, you know, carefully constructed uh, little paint or these paintings, you know, and you think that when you go to a museum, you're going to see all these large, like you see a keeper, and the keeper is bigger than the building, and yeah. all those things. But uh, you roll up on a Mondrian, and it's just this small little thing, and it's really unimpressive. Like, yeah. You know, like, uh, there's this idea that when you go into a museum, like, you're walking in the halls of the gods, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, this is holy ground, and it's got to be taken really, really seriously. And then you come across, like, punk-ass Mondrian and his little tiny, you know, like, come on, <laughs> like, you can, you can do something a little bit better than that, yeah. so... <laughs> So are there any others that let you down? Uh, no, Montreal is definitely the worst art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who I've really been into lately is uh, John Cage and uh, um, Bryce Martin. Oh, cool. Bryce Martin, you know, doing the whole, like, lay a, lay a dark and then uh, kind of transparently cover it, covered it up. Uh, John Cage, his watercolors, he's just, uh, walking around outside picking up rocks and bringing them into the studio, putting them on a piece of paper, and then tracing around them. Oh wow. And it's 
composed really, really well. You know? Yeah. So. Now, forgive me, you mean John Cage also the... Uh... Yeah, the the whole uh, four minutes, 33 seconds of silence. Oh, okay. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a... Uh... He's, uh, he was friends with uh, Rauschenberg and that whole Black Mountain thing. Yeah. The Kooning, the Kooning is still, he's still a god, for sure. And, I don't know. It, I judge everyone on, like, their work. You know, yeah. I, I, I look at it, I look at brushstroke, I look at color, I look at design. Um... And something that always really pisses me off about art, um, or some artists, is they bring too much of themselves into it. Yeah, um, like, I don't think, granted, like, race and sex and uh, probably sexual persuasion, like, all these things, like, they do play into, like, who we are. But I... I don't think that that has any business in art at all. I, I, it's, we're speaking a language and it's, you're, you're muddying up the language with all this other garbage. Like, you know, you, you talk about the cooning or, oh, he's, he was such a misogynist or, you know, like he hated women or I don't get him hating women at all when I look at his work. I look at, uh, color and brushstroke and stuff like that. I mean, if you're going to use like all those other devices, then I think it's kind of like a, like a cheap parlor trick, you know, like you have someone, uh, practicing something sacred in one corner and then you've got like a uh, little charlatans over here. So, I mean, but I mean, even like Basquiat, Basquiat, uh, he used race in his work, but that's not what I see when I look at his work. Like, I, I don't, I mean, like I see an amazing painter. Right. I see an amazing painter. Uh, and all that other garbage is just garbage. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I've always felt like, uh, it's kind of something, it's something very spiritual when people are working, or at least when I work. Um, it's not like I put on a robe or anything like that, you know? But yeah. it, uh, I think like you're connecting to a higher source, and uh, I don't know if you try to put too much of yourself into it, you kind of uh, put a damper on the true creativeness that can really flow. You know, like, uh, if you, uh, if you sit here and design a painting exactly how it's supposed to go, and you copy yeah. it, congratulations. You know, yeah. but like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't, like, uh, you can follow a grid system, congratulations. But like, to actually like, put yourself out there and put paint on canvas and do what you do, with them, you know, like there's no planning that goes into anything. There's no planning that goes into art. 
not real art anyway. Yeah. So that's funny that it kind of touches upon the sketches or preliminary work. No, no, it's, no. It's it's sacrilege. No, it's uh, the only the only preliminary work is the painting that I'm painting over. Ah, you know, nice. like, you, but it's not intended. Right. You know, um, I don't know. I have real issues with printmakers. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, the whole uh, multiple system and uh, I don't know. Like, I think there's no, there's no place for being careful when you're making art. That's a good quote. Uh, that's just how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Do you have an artist quote you'd like to share? Um, you know, like Van Gogh is full of them. Yeah. Van Gogh has, like, uh, I started off really liking Van Gogh, uh, went through all of art history, had my momentary favorites, but um, going back and kind of leading a solitary life, you appreciate him that much more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Van Gogh's got a ton of quotes. Um, I couldn't give you one exactly. The other one is like any word that ever has come out of uh, Marcel Duchamp's mouth. Yeah. You know, he's just a genius. There, uh, I had I was in a record store one time and I found this, uh, Duchamp CD. Oh yeah. And, uh, I just put it, just put it on play and walked around my, my apartment and I just put it on repeat and he's got, you know, he's French. So it's kind of like a foreign accent and it was up really loud. I hated my neighbors. So I played Marcel Duchamp, like this CD of him talking. Um, and just listen to it on repeat. And I don't know, people probably thought I was a Nazi, but it's like, couldn't be farther from the truth because Marcel Duchamp talking about art, you know, but he's very passionate about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> As he's speaking about it. But, uh, I don't know, uh, the part that I don't like, uh, about this quote, I guess, is that it leaves like the viewer is the spectator completes the art. Okay. Basically, that's paraphrased really, really poorly. But uh, you do the work, you hang it on the wall, and the spectator finishes it. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I'm in a way I'm uncomfortable with that because I know I'm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you have that. Because of what? Because, like, as an artist, sometimes you get that arrogance of, I know everything. Yeah. You know, like, it, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. It just means that you're blind. You know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's weird because um, here in South Dakota, you deal with, uh, there might be an artist in each town, and that, that's about it, you know. So. Yeah. Most of the population is uh, farmers and 
people that uh, really don't appreciate abstract, non-objective art. So okay. you kind of build like a callous skin towards them, you know. But in the end, the spectator defines it as as much as we like it or we don't like it or whatever. Yeah, defines it for them. But, I mean, if you think about how many, hopefully there's a lot of people looking at it could be finished uh, many different times, many different ways. Yeah, but so where are we, like, who do we really have to impress? Yeah. You know, like, uh, I remember thinking, like, I want to be in an art history book. If I get an art history book, I'm going to, like, that's that's the ultimate in my life, you know? Like, yeah, uh, but who who do we have to impress? Like, is it Jerry Saltz? Like, is it is it uh, like, and why why does their opinion matter? Yeah. Like, what do they really know? You know, like uh, it's the same with getting into galleries and museums. Um, what what do these what do these gallerists really know about anything? Like, some of the work that you see. Like, you know, you even see it in the news feed. Like, uh, yeah, this is, this is the show right now at Blah 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 Gallery. And it's like, are you fucking joking? You <laughs> fucking joking. Like, is this your cousin? Is this your sister or something? Like, is this, uh, like, why is this art hanging on a wall? Like, I, I, I think it's something that's not taken as seriously as it should be. Like, when you hang art on a wall, it should be damn good. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. Like, who decides that, like you're saying? Yeah, and then, yeah. Who, whose aesthetic is better than whose, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a tough call, but I'd like to think that um, I have better eyes than 99% of the people on the planet. Well, thanks. I can't. I can't thank you enough for being available. Oh, uh, it, it was fun. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, it's hard to be on the spot, but I think uh, it was fun in either case. Thanks again, and uh, have a good afternoon. Oh, you too. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going.